And that's going to result in a higher trial upgrade and a higher product-led sales upgrade and a higher customer retention and a higher expansion. The, the purchase decisions are a result of achieving value or the perception of achieving value, right? If a customer doesn't renew, it's because they don't feel like they got value from your product, right? You know, it's, it's, it's not a complicated, you know, thing to diagnose. Like you pay for things that provide value to you and you stop paying for things that don't provide value to you. Welcome to the very first ever Future of Product podcast, where I, Max Matson, interview founders and product leaders from the most exciting AI startups to give you an exclusive glimpse into the workflows, philosophies, and product journeys that are shaping the current AI landscape. This week, I sit down with Stephen Cohn, serial entrepreneur and co-founder at winware.ai, an AI platform that helps your customers achieve their goals with your product through predictive analytics. With all that said, let's dive right in. I'm here today with uh, Stephen Cohn, founder and CEO of Winware AI, which is a very, very exciting new AI startup. Uh, Stephen, would you care to tell us a few words about your company? Sure. So the problem that Winware solves, so the theory behind Winware is that for SaaS products, customers will sign up and users will sign up to a SaaS product because they want to achieve a goal, solve a pain point, whatever that is. Right. Product and design teams and engineering teams build features and solutions to those goals. Mm. But if customers don't use those features, they're not going to actually achieve their goals. Right. So whether that's a product-led growth or product-led sales kind of you know uh, trial upgrade process, or whether it's customer retention, ultimate success for the customer, for the end user, mm. relies upon using certain parts of the product at scale. It's really hard to know whether customers are actually using the the parts of the product they need to use to achieve their goals, to, to have their success. So what Winware does is we use machine learning to generate playbooks, product adoption playbooks based on customer goals. And we then automatically track and message customers and or account owners mm-hmm. or by customers, I mean, end users or and or account owners mm-hmm. of the, of whether they're using the product that they need to in the right way they need to use to achieve their goals. I see. Got it. So you're basically helping to align the outcomes that the customers are actually looking for with the usage of the product. That's it. It's really simple. So, so like classic example, if I sign up for a SaaS product, almost every SaaS product is the same way. They have an onboarding guide tool tip. They use Pendo or AppQs or any one of these other tools. And everyone has the same exact onboarding guide, mm-hmm. right? And it's always the same. It's like feature, 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 feature. Yeah. So my guess is, I haven't seen stats on this, but my guess is, most everyone does what I do, which is you read the first one mm-hmm. and you get another pop hit next. You get another pop up and you're like, this is a little disorienting. I don't I, I, like, I don't really know what, why this, like why these features, you're just telling me about features. I'm going to hit skip. And then I never actually go through the onboarding guide. Yeah. So I skip to the end or I hit next, 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 and I get to the end and then those pop-ups go away because it's spam. And right. I still don't really know how any of these things align to my needs. 
And the reason why is because it's one, it's generic. Everyone gets the same onboarding tool tips. And two, um, there's nothing that connects this feature to my needs. It's just, here's a product feature. Here's a product feature. And I think product teams assume wrongly in my view that customers actually understand. They understand how this feature will solve my need. Right. And I don't think customers always make that connection. And that's why you have like in any kind of PLG motion or product-led sales motion, um, you know, you, you don't have like super high conversion rates. Mm-hmm. And it's because people don't always connect the product features that they're using with uh, their ultimate need that they're trying to solve or their ultimate goal they're trying to achieve. Um And so what Winware does is it, it makes it transparent. We start with, what is the customer's goals? What do they want to achieve? What's their pain points they want to solve? And oftentimes we talk to companies and, and it's sitting in a CRM somewhere mm-hmm. or it's an onboarding, you know, an onboarding guide, um, you know, uh, or like an onboarding checklist. So sometimes when you sign up, there's a checklist that says, what are your, what's your goal? What do you want to achieve? And that goes somewhere, but it doesn't really do anything with it. Um, or if it's a sales led motion, the salesperson will almost always ask, what's your, what's your goal? What are your pain points? Right. And they'll put it in the CRM, but then nothing gets done with that. Right. Customer success teams do that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Success. It's, it's kind of customer success one-on-one. What does success look like to you? The problem is that either sits in the success tool or in a PDF Mm -hmm. or some sort of Google doc or something like that. Right. And so, you know, you, for success, you know, in your quarterly business review, you can come and say, well, you said your goals were these, these, how are we doing against those goals? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not so good. Right. 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 And that's what a customer health score does. Customer health says they stop logging in. They're unhealthy. Well, they're unhealthy because they haven't connected yet how your product features are going to help them achieve their goal. So they stop Mm -hmm. using the product. Now you're playing catch up. Now you're playing, now it's, you know, reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea is, is like, if we can use, if we can build adoption playbooks around the customer's goals. Right. And we can, we can help you automate messaging and tracking and alerting and nudging and all these other things around. This is, you said, you said, this is your goal. You bought this product to achieve this goal. There's four things you can do that in our product to really help you achieve this goal. You've only done two of the four, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not about, we want you to use this feature. It's about, we want to help you achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get, when I get product, new feature updates for yep. SaaS tools, it's all the same. It's here's a new feature we launched right. and I'm always reading it. I'm like, um, think I get why this is important to me, but I don't fully get it. And the problem is, is because like internally, we think about these things so much. We, we talk about these things for months. We plan these things. We build these things. We iterate on these things. And we just assume the customer understands right. why, like how, how this feature is going to make their lives better. 
And it's not that we, because that's what we're, that's what we do in product. We want to build product to make our customers' lives better and make their jobs easier, make their lives better, all that stuff. The problem comes uh, is that customers don't always understand what that new feature is going to do for me and my goals. I see. It's not personalized. It's, it's not personalized. Everyone gets the same product. Now, the reality is, is like probably 50%, if not 80% of the product, new product releases. Yeah. I don't need to know about. Right. Because that's, they don't, they don't serve my need. Mm -hmm. So, so adding them into one generic email about all the product, what does that mean? It means that I'm going to read it. Totally. Right. It's totally. spam. It's just, it's so much clutter that I lose the things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I just hit like, I, it's just overload. Right. Now, why do we do that? We do that because we don't have great understanding and segmentation and automation around this customer has this goal. This is the stuff we need to do to get them to achieve that goal. Right. Um, and that's where that's what Winware does. So what Winware does is we is we build your product adoption, whether it's your onboarding guides, we can use your existing tools, whether it's your product marketing, we can do your existing tools, uh, whether it's your in-app uh, messaging, all that type of stuff. We basically, we center all of that around the customer's goals mm. and we basically dynamically say, okay, Jenny Jones has this goal. She should be using this feature. Um, let's send her an e- this email sequence in HubSpot. Let's send her this in-app guide uh, in, yeah. in, with app queues. Um, that didn't work. Let's put a nudge in the account owner, CS leader, with a specific recommendation. Reach out to Jenny Jones about this feature because it aligns to her goal. Mm-hmm. This feature can help her Jenny Jones achieve her goal. She hasn't, we sent her an email, we sent her an in-app guide. She hasn't used it yet, right? All of that data is sitting in a product analytics tool or in a, in a customer record or whatever it is. But the problem is at scale, it's hard for a CS person or in a PLG motion, there's no person, right? right. Or in a, a product-led sales motion, they're still, they have a lot of accounts. They're doing demos for new accounts. And stuff. So it's hard to proactively have that conversation. Right. And right. I know this pain point specifically because I'm a four-time founder. And so my last company, we ran for over seven years, a uh, yeah. SaaS product called Validately. We had, we sold it in 2019 to, to user Zoom. Um, successful, you know, outcome. We built it, ran it uh, over 100% year-over-year growth for three straight years while being cash flow positive. So, you know, very healthy company, growing fast, stealing market share, and we ended up getting a, a good exit from it. But we had this, we created this MVP for Winware at my last company uh, be, um, to solve a specific problem. And it works. It works. Like, there's no question it works. If you align your messaging and your product adoption to specific customers aligned to their specific goals, you will get healthier customers proactively and better business outcomes, whether that's trial upgrade, product-led sales upgrade, or, um, or customer retention or, or expansion. 
And it's just, it's logical when you think about it, right? It's like it, the ultimate thing is people pay for things that provide value to them, right? And so, you know, if you open up a SaaS product, there's like so many things I can do, but the majority of which I don't need because, you know, I don't have that, I don't have that goal. I don't have that pain point. I can see how that might work for an enterprise customer or that might work for this other customer, whatever it is, but it doesn't need for me. I don't need that. Yeah, right? no, totally. This, this is a problem that I've seen with a lot of uh, a lot of PLG companies, right? Is they have the features, they, they've yeah. mapped them to the personas, and that's kind of where it falls apart. I, I would actually argue that um, the personas mm-hmm. are incomplete, mm. and that's where the problem is. I see. So there's a um, there's a uh, there's a concept for uh, called you know psychographic instead of a demographic, right? right? So so how people think, what's their what they what's their goal? What do they want to achieve? Yeah. And um, and so personas often stop at like job titles and things like that, but really the reality is it doesn't matter, right? It's the concept of like jobs to be done. Right. Um, which is another way of explaining the same point that, that, you know, is more is kind of a popular jobs to be done concept. Mm-hmm. When I sign up for a SaaS product, there's a job to be done. When I purchase a SaaS product, there's a job to be done. Yeah. There are certain features that can help me do that job. Mm-hmm. I only care or I majoritively care mm-hmm. about those features. I don't care about anything else. Right. Don't right. tell me about anything else. Don't mess it. Don't, don't clutter my inbox with any other product announcements. Right. I couldn't care less because I'm telling you that my job to be done is, is X. I don't care about Y, Z, A, B, and C. Right. I only care about solving X right now. Right. Now, there might be an expansion opportunity mm-hmm. because if you ask me what my priority was and I said it's X – and then six months later, you ask me, do you, you know, are, are you feeling good about these priorities? Are any of these other things priorities? Mm-hmm. I might say, actually, now that I've solved X, Y is a priority for mine. Right, right. Wonderful. Thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. Would you like Would you like us to show you how we can help solve Y too? I, I mean, it's a different module. You have to upgrade for that, but we'll get into pricing later. Let me see how, let me show you how I can actually solve Y for you. Yeah. Right. That's how you create expansion opportunities. Right, right. Right? Now, obviously, you know, uh, you know it's, the same, it's the same thing for whether it's a seat-based thing or, or, or whatever it is. The point is, is like, ultimately, I have a goal to achieve. I have a job to be done. And if, if your persona does not capture the job to be done, the goal to achieve, the pain point to solve, it's all the same thing, Right. right? And if you're not aligning that product adoption and both proactive messaging through these other tools that we talk about, as well as tracking and reporting, right. um, then you're not then you're not going to help customers be successful, and you're going to constantly be putting out fires. Right. You know, and sense. that's the problem with with health scores with customer health scores for. Uh, for CS tools. The problem is, is like, they're usually almost all I've, I've interviewed a ton. They're usually based on high level signals, mm-hmm. uh, customer support tickets, NPS scores, uh, logins, frequency, and maybe two or three kind of big, big features or whatever it is. The problem is, is that that's after the fact, 
right? If they're not logging in, if they haven't logged in in six weeks, right. sending me alerts saying they haven't logged in in six weeks is nice. I mean, it's better than nothing, right? right. I'd rather know, like have some sort of proactive thing that's like, hey, this is, what am I, what am I doing with that? What am I doing with that is calling my manager saying, this is a big account. They haven't logged in in six weeks or they're not using it. Um, let's set up a call. Right. And now you're playing catch up. Now you're, now you're, it's just an inefficient way. And the thing is you haven't hooked them on their, their, the, the habit forming feature. Right. And you have to do that from day one, but mm. that is aligned to what their specific goals are. Right. And so, you know, CS teams will have a kickoff call. Right. So the, for, 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 whether not for the tech touch for the for the you know named accounts they'll have a kickoff call they'll say okay great what are your goals and so to achieve your goals you have to do this but there's also some some you know integration pieces we have to do in the kickoff call and all this other stuff and you go through a whole bunch of stuff right mm -hmm. and hopefully you document it somewhere mm -hmm. but there's nothing that really tracks and understands are, are, are customers using the things they need to use to achieve right. their goal. Right. And so then you get an alert when they're not logging in or they're not using the, you know, they're not doing, doing, uh, you know, they're they have a bad NPS score or something like that. Right. It's like, well now, uh, now I'm playing catch up. Right. So you guys are shifting it from being a reactive measure to a proactive one. That's the biggest thing. Because, yeah. oh, because ultimately once, once, and, 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 and so in a reactive, so a reactive alerts are helpful, not great, but helpful in a human touch yeah. scenario and a named account for a PLG or a tech touch, you know, scenario. There's no, there's no reactive event. There's nothing to react to. Like there's no one, there's no person to react to them anyways. Right. So you're just losing. That's just a churn. And so the, the I, I, I mentioned that, that we did this MVP with my last company because the reason why is because we had churn for SMB customers, Tech Touch. Mm, I see. And I was like, why we have like our enterprise customers were awesome. The NRR was phenomenal. Mm. You know, gross retention, net retention, all best of class. We were doing great. They were growing like crazy. Our trial upgrade was was good. Um, we had churn with SMB. Mm. Um, and I was like, what is that? And that's where we basically kind of did this very manually to try to figure this out. And we found out that it, it works and we just, we need better automation for it. And that's basically what we created with Winware. I see. Uh, I'd love to... to hear a little bit more about the playbooks themselves. Uh, it's a yeah. fascinating term for it. I, I'd just love for you to break that down a little bit more. All right. So, so, so here's a, here's what a playbook is. Okay. So the idea with the playbook is um, if you have a pro, if you have a product, like let's take a product that's like really well known, like Figma. Yeah. Okay. Figma is like the gold standard for, it's like they're crushing it right now for, for design prototype or whatever. But there's a lot of things, there's a lot of goals you can achieve with Figma. Right? right. So I asked my, when I was, when we were originally kind of working, I was work, talking with my uh, head of design, Marianne, who's amazing, head of product design. And I was like, look, think of it this way. What's your goals with Figma? Use Figma. You chose Figma. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, um, my goals are one, um, 
I want to kind of create usable designs so people can look at the designs and click through it and understand it. And two, I want to better collaborate with my team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, great, let's stop there. Let's just use those two goals. You have those two goals for that. Now, um, there might be three or four or five other goals with enterprise customers and all these other things that you might have, but let's just pick those two goals. So for creating designs, there's a set of features that you should use to really have that best experience of creating a usable design that really captures. There might be a couple of new things that they've done and a couple of things, and they really want to make sure you try those five or eight things that would really help you create designs. Right. Now for collaboration, that's two, that's two ways. So one is your state, you, you need to share it out. You need to have it in comment mode. They need to, you need maybe use the at mention. Um, you know, you need to maybe reply via email, right? There's, there's like a bunch of different features that, that Figma has created for collaboration. Um, we should track that and put that into some sort of like playbook and see whether you're using that and having success with that. Um, now, if you get to the contract renewal and you feel like you're doing a great job, use you know, being successful with um, with uh, with creating usable prototypes. Very happy there, but you're not getting great team collaboration. You're a churn risk. Now, let's say you're in this Slack channel for uh, designers and someone's like, I just tried this new tool. My stakeholders love it. I'm getting more collaboration than I've ever had before. And you say, interesting. Let me try it out. Mm -hmm. And you try it out. And you're like, actually, I see how they're, they're doing collaboration differently. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Now you're a big turn. Now you're going to turn. I mean, you're, you're, even though you're logging in, even though you're using the product, even though you're creating designs, you're a churn risk because we're not achieving your goal. Absolutely. And, um, and so that is the leading indicator, mm -hmm. right? That, that are you using the features you need to use to achieve your goal? Right. Is the leading indicator, is the proactive indicator, is the proactive way of tracking and understanding. It. Yeah. And um, does that make sense? Does that answer what a playbook is? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, uh, you know, this has kind of been a trend I, I'd say with, with AI startups of recent, right. It's like, we've reached this, this saturation point where data is, you know, near complete, right. For a lot of people, yeah. you yeah. have data for everything, too much right. data. And too so now, data. right. The question is how do I monitor what matters? That's something right. that we actually are working on at player zero as well. It sounds like you guys have a very refined answer to that is how do I determine what the data point that actually tells me in the right. future, what's going to get somebody to churn, not after they've churned, but exactly. how do I turn that off? Exactly. Exactly. And, and then how do I, how do I proactively avoid that? Like, how do I proactively right. you know, do it? And, and I, to me, it feels different if you say to somebody, Hey, we just, we just created this new thing. You should try it. Maybe I'm kind of busy. Right. right. Versus we just came up with this new way to help you better collaborate with your developers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually, that is a thing I'm interested in. I really need to collaborate better with my developers. Um, what's the feature? But, but, but I mean, the point is that's specific. That's to my goal. That's what I have a specific goal for. And if you explain it that way, I'm much more interested in trying your new feature because it's for me. You, you've now made it why it's why it helps me as opposed to 
here's this new feature and everyone gets the same thing. Whether you care about collaborating with developers or not, you're getting the spam from us. Right. right? Or you're getting this right. email from us or this in-app guide from us or something like yeah. that. And uh, to me, that's a, a big part of where, our, um, you know, the gap that's missing and, and where you're getting, where you're getting, you know, fall off. No, it makes sense. I mean, it helps you maintain that, that brand image that you want to, right? You don't want to be spamming up people's inboxes, just getting them the stuff that actually moves the needle. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. So kind of on the AI front, um, first of all, I want to say uh, it's very interesting to me that you kind of developed this at your last company, right? Because I, I find that tools like this um, tend to be the most useful when they're born out of a direct use case like that, right? Right. Um, First of all, would you mind just telling me a little bit more about that? I find it really interesting. Well, uh, how the MVP for the, uh, our last yeah, company. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, um, so the last company was a user research and usability uh, testing product. We competed directly with uh, user Zoom and user testing, mm -hmm. which interestingly are now one company. Um, yeah. User Zoom bought us, but mm -hmm. they then after that they merged with user testing, so now it's just one big company. But um, we had a specific niche that we did differently, but it would, you would, you had a panel, you could test, test prototypes or designs or do live moderated sessions. You could, once you, so we had a panel you could use, we had screen recording you could use for mobile or desktop. Uh, there was a side feature where you could take notes and annotate. Uh, you can create highlight clips, highlight reels and reports, right. And share different parts of it with, with your team, your stakeholders. Um, what we found through an analysis was that customers in the SMB segment that took notes in our platform mm -hmm. always renewed. It was like the stickiest feature we had. We did some sort of statistical analysis and figured that out. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I did that personally as the founder. Um, and so then I interviewed customers who took notes and I said, well, what is, why is that? Mm -hmm. um, and they, they, spoke to different reasons like why and and they gave and they said all the things that we would hope and it kind of aligned to their what their what their hopes and goals were with a with a tool but basically that feature was that sticky aha moment that turned it from a tool to like my research hub and that's what i really wanted as a research hub i want to have one place where i could store all my my notes my videos my clips my all this stuff in one place that was a goal that i had with this product and then we reached out to other customers who didn't use the feature and we interviewed them and say, why, why are you not taking notes in the platform? You, you should be taking notes somewhere. Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, 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 we don't use it because of these other like usability and product things, mm. which was great feedback. So then we, we started making adjustments to the product and design, some of which were like really minor stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we started promoting it more to that customer segment who had that goal. Like we asked them, like, is this a goal you have? Mm -hmm. And um, we found not only an increase in behavior, yeah. but a, a, an improvement in the business outcome. So customers, more customers in that segment were using the note-taking feature, especially after the changes we made. Yeah. And those customers were renewing at a higher rate I than see. prior. So then we're like, oh my gosh, we got to double down on this. Right. right, um, right. So then we started redesigning the whole product around this experience mm -hmm. and becoming that research hub. Yeah. And uh, 
then we got acquired. Um, but but the idea, but what we proved there was mm-hmm. that if you understand like the correlations between business outcomes and you know features and or customer goals is is, is all about understanding what the customer wants to achieve. The only reason for me to use a specific, there's a reason why you chose Zencaster as a, as a tool mm-hmm. versus something else. Right. There's something that you want to achieve with your product, your content marketing, mm-hmm. uh, that Zencaster helps you do different, better than Zoom or any other right. recording tool. Because that's right. a, it's a commodity that you could use. There's tons of tools out there for screen recording, but there's something that you have a goal or a need or a pain point that you need to solve that you believe Zencaster helps you solve. And um, my guess is like a lot of these other companies that do something similar, have an, when you signed up to try them out, didn't ask you what those no. goals are. Sure. Yeah. And so then they didn't show you how they can actually solve that need. Right. They might have been able to solve it maybe even better than Zencaster. You didn't discover that on your own. You didn't make that connection on your own. So you, so you chose uh, Zencaster, and now you're probably locked in because it's there's a lot of a lot of content in there, right? Right. Um, and so that was how we did. We figured it out. Like, we, like I just got. I as a founder got tired of seeing churn from this one segment, and it was interesting. The churn emails were the nicest emails. Yeah. No, the, 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 our, the, you know, part of maybe it's because we were our customers were designers, but they were, uh, you know, and researchers. But they're they're nice. They're like, we love your product. We're we're canceling, uh, <laughs> right? I, you know, because and I was like, you know, because people loved our product. Like, like we had great NPS. We had really great, you know, customer sat score and stuff like that. Um, for. And well, I was like, why are you churning if you love our product? And the reason why is because they weren't understanding how it could become their research hub and how um, they can have rely upon that legacy information and use that legacy information. They ran their usability tests. They weren't planning on doing usability tests for um, for another, you know, three months or whatever. So they would churn. Um, and some often come back. Right. But um but, you know, and we, you know, we weren't also getting expansion opportunities because we weren't able to connect that to uh, other teammates that had the same goal. Right. And weren't achieving that goal with with other companies. So um, that was the MVP that we, we figured it out. We figured it out. And then we we just it was so manual and so time consuming to figure that out um, and then to automate the playbooks. And then, you know, to run the playbooks and to monitor the playbooks. Um, but the, ultimately, the playbooks with Winware are geared around the customer's goals. You can have multiple goals, by the way, but the customer's goals. And the theory is if we, if we specifically design a set of user actions in the product that align to the customer's goals – are proactive in messaging that to them and proactive in, in tracking and monitoring that and creating nudges and alerts. We're going to, we're going to do a better job of delivering value to that customer. Yeah. And that's going to result in a higher trial upgrade and a higher product led sales upgrade and a higher customer retention and a higher expansion. 
the, the purchase decisions are a result of achieving value or the perception of achieving value, right? If a customer doesn't renew, mm-hmm. it's because they don't feel like they got value from your product, right? You know, it's, it's, it's not a complicated, you know, thing to diagnose. Like mm-hmm. you pay for things that provide value to you and you stop paying for things that don't provide value to you. And yep. I can tell you that as someone who's a CEO who, who, who bought, buys software, right? It's not a complicated decision. Like, why are we paying for this? What value is it providing for our organization? Do we feel like it's really solving that? You know, and the biggest mistake that, that this product teams make is they think that the reason why customers churn is because a competitor has some other feature. Mm. That's not really why customers churn. Unless there's some sort of game-changing, completely dynamic thing. Ultimately, if a, if a competitor comes out with a new feature and I'm a customer and I'm using a product and we're getting value out of the product and they have that other feature, I'm like, eh, it's pretty interesting actually. What I'm more likely to do is talk to my account owner and say, by the way, we love your product. We're not going to churn. But like that seems pretty compelling. Can you guys – are you guys – is that on your roadmap? Because switching – the, the process to switch software is a huge waste of time and resources. And you know, that's the last thing I want to do with my organization is waste their time switching to a new tool. Right, right. It's the last option. It, exactly. If I'm switching to a new tool, it's because I'm not getting value out of my existing thing, not because there's this other cool thing that I think would help also. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say I don't I can't see other things and be like, that's actually pretty interesting. Let me give that feedback to my product team. I'm not going to churn from that reason. If I'm getting value, if I'm not getting value out of my existing product that I'm using, uh, then it's really lo- it's really easy. Yeah, we're not getting much value out of this thing. We really need this. Let's try this other product. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I love that. Uh, it sounds like you guys really have broken it down to, you know, parameterizing the actual behavior, right? So what is the one thing, one, two things um, that are really providing value, basic fundamentals, and then how do we just maximize that, right? I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, product teams are all about the new features, the new flashy, exciting thing, but it's really what moves the needle. Um, it's exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. It's just going deeper and deeper into that one or two value props that actually changes their experience. Um, That's it. So, you know, as an AI team, uh, how do you guys see your product um, changing the way that product teams actually go about their work? Great question. So the, the, one of the biggest challenges, you actually touched on it really, really uh, just a couple minutes ago, which is that, um, but you said it really well, which is that product teams are awash in data. There's so much data. And the signal to noise ratio is extremely hard. And and it gets even harder when you start breaking down personas and different customer segments and stuff like that. I can't tell you how many companies I've spoken to who said we have defined personas. We don't do anything with them. We spent $30,000 for a consultant to come in and define these personas. We don't do anything with them. Why is that? It's not because they don't see value in it. They understand conceptually that there's value in understanding the persona. It's just that it's just so laborious to take that next step to me that is a classic example of where machine is better than human um because um uh 
a machine can run thousands of permutations, thousands of different queries and reject all of them and, and not be tired. Right. If you look at any of these great analytic tools, Pendo, Amplitude, Mixpanel, all these great tools, uh, Heap, Looker, Tableau, all these, they're all the same thing. They're query builders on top of a structured database. The assumption is that a human logs in, defines the query they want to run and hits run. And you get a great result. You get a great report. The challenge is that humans don't know what they don't know. Right. Right. And there's also a limits on, how much they're going to log in and run the queries and go from there. So there's limits to their understanding or imagination of what they can come up with. Um, and there's limits to like the time that they're going to put into it. And so where machine learning comes in is that um, we can, we build an algorithm that basically can ingest all your product analytics data, run all these different permutations and queries and tell you like, actually this thing you thought was important isn't that strong of a signal. These other things that you haven't even talked about or thought through are like extremely strong signals. Customers, not only 2% of customers are doing this, but those customers are like your stickiest customers. You should really pay attention to this and try to drive more usage of these things. Um, these other things are table stakes, like it's kind of good, like, but there's no real strong signal there that it's gonna do that. And you know, understanding that for this customer segment, for this persona with this goal, is where I think machine learning, you know, uh, really adds a lot of value, and that's why we're we're mm. investing in machine learning. That's awesome. It makes perfect sense, right? I mean, uh, kind of from your explanation of of how it came to being, like all of that manual work that you were doing to to answer this question, I feel like that's the goal of AI, right? Is to replace that with, you know, the sequence of of automated processes that takes care of it for you. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Um, so then last question is just um, real quick. How do you guys use AI to, uh, to build your product, to go to market, to do, you know, everything? That's a great question. Um, so we don't use it for our product yet. Cause we're so, we're just getting started. So we don't have enough um, uh, scale for, for an AI model. Um, you need some kind of scale and kind of usage for an AI model, not a ton. Um, you know, you, a couple hundred customers, you know, type of thing, but you need some, you need something. We're, we're, we're still in the early stages. We just recently launched. Um, but we do use it. Our marketing team uses it a lot. Um, and, um, you know, I've actually, I just used it with a, with a, a customer of ours who here's what they did. They have, they're like, Oh, this is great. We have customer goals in Salesforce, but it's just free form text. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Export that for me. So that she ran a report, exported, you know, customer name and customer goal right out of the field. I um, took out the, the customer name. I just, had the customer goal. I uploaded that to chat GPT and I gave a command and said, organize these into pairings of five. And it, within 10 seconds, it came back and said, your customers have basically these five goals. And then I copied it and I sent it to her. And she's like, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is really, really good. Um, she's like, I could think of maybe one or two more, but this is like a great start. Like, I just, So we took, what we did is we basically took all this freeform 
text and mm. use ChatGPT to organize it into um, into summary, basically, uh, in a, in a way that took thirty seconds and would have taken a human hours to to do. Right. Um, And so now the next step is turn those five goals into more structured data in the CRM. So now the Mm -hmm. the CSM could say this goal, this goal, this goal. Right. And we could use that structured data going forward to drive playbooks. Awesome. Man. Yeah, that's that's exciting. It's it's pretty amazing when you really uh, when you have the, the infrastructure. Right. How much you can add with all these tools. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of people are scared of AI. I think that it's going to open up humans to use more of their, what makes humans like unique and dynamic, uh, you know, um, and it's going to, you know, I mean, through history, there's been innovations that have every, you know, always have been like, this is going to end, you know, humans, you know, um, you know, the, the, the printing press and like all these things were like considered at the time, you know, uh, you know, the end of civilization and all this other stuff. And I just think what humans natural ability uh, uh, to, to add value over just kind of laborious tasks yeah. um, is ultimately what's going to, what's going to come from that. Uh, I'm very excited for, for the future of AI and what it can do. And, um, you know, it's going to change a lot of things. It's going to disrupt a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of industries, but I think it's going to create a lot of opportunities as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard it expressed as, um, you know, machines can, can take it from one to a hundred, but somebody still has to take it from zero to one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and so, um, you know, and, and ultimately, look, at the end of the day, you know, people buy, pe- you know, from people that they know and they trust, whatever it is. Like there's like a there's like a there's like a human element to that, which will always be there. So I feel like um, um, I don't think that it ever goes away. No, completely agree. Well, Stephen, this has been a fantastic conversation. It's so good to uh, get to know you a little bit better, learn a little bit more about Winware and your guys' background. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug any, you know, anything coming up, social medias, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I look where we are right now as a company is we, you know, um, we have, um, we're early, but we have some customers we're working with right now. Um, we work with two kind of core customers, seg- you know, customers, growth teams, um, mm-hmm. whether it's product led growth or product led sales yeah. and helping them get trial conversion rates and, uh, customer success teams. Um, so, um, and we're seeing really phenomenal results. I mean, like the, the, the feedback has been great so far. So, Fantastic. Um, you know, just hoping to you know, keep growing and, and adding value. You heard him, you guys. Go check out Winware. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Steven. All right, Max. Nice.